How could two car companies, major corporations, do two very similar nostalgic ads, and one is amazing and one misses the mark? That and more coming up on the marketingandservice.com podcast. Hey, Justin Bruzo here from marketingandservice.com. On today's episode, I want to talk about two special commercials that aired during 2020. And I think this is a learning lesson to talk about what you should and should not do. Uh, it's also my personal analysis and opinion of these two commercials. And of course, I don't have the books for these companies and I don't know what their metrics were, what their KPIs were for the success of the commercial or whether it was success or a failure. Uh, so I can't say maybe these ads were both great and both successful. Maybe the one I think was great was terrible and the one that I thought was terrible was great. But I did think it was worth walking through them to think a little bit about what goes into nostalgia. Now, in the words of Don Draper, nostalgia, it's delicate, but powerful. It's a twinge in your heart far more powerful than memory alone. So that's all I could think about when I watched these two ads. Uh, I did see both of them live when they both aired, and one I was impressed right up front, and the other I didn't like. And after I rewatched them many times to really analyze them, uh, my feelings didn't change at all. So the first ad was aired during the Super Bowl in 2020 on Groundhog's Day. Now, of course, Groundhog Day was an amazing movie with Bill Murray, uh, and they reprised this character and Bill Murray for this role and made it happen. And I really feel that Jeep, this was Chrysler, this, the commercial was for a Jeep Rubicon, but I really think that they nailed this one and really hit it out of the park. And I want to talk and kind of go scene by scene and explain why I feel this way. If you're watching this on YouTube, I'll put links to the videos. I'm not going to share the commercials here on YouTube or on the podcast via audio just because there is copywritten music. Uh, and even though it could potentially be fair use, I just don't want to go down that road. So this opens up with Bill Murray waking up in bed to the sound as I Got You, Babe, which, of course, was the song that played every single morning when he was stuck in his Groundhog Day loop. He wakes up to this, and he looks around, he realizes he's back in that inn, and he says, oh, no. Oh, no. It's happening again is essentially what is being conveyed in this scene. So it takes this and makes you realize this is the present he has aged, uh, so it's not unrealistic to see him looking older than we saw him when he was originally in the movie 20-plus years ago. So in the next scene, he's now outside, and he's in the little town, and of course we see our other favorite character from this movie, Ned! Ned Ryerson! How could we forget about Ned? So as Ned is approaching him, he realizes that he is stuck in this same loop again and just wants to get out of there. And as he's running away from Ned, he stumbles upon the new Jeep Rubicon that is the feature of this ad. And he says, that's different. 
And what he's saying here is when he was stuck in this loop over and over and over again, everything was exactly the same. It was dreadful. And that was kind of the whole point of the movie. But he learned these different things and built these different skills. But he was always stuck with the same mundane, boring day. Now, I think that this is really important to think about given the context of the timing. This was done as Super Bowl in 2020, which of course was just before a pandemic. Now, part of this is luck. I'd say a big part of this is luck. But nonetheless, a lot of people feel stuck in a rut and mundane, same day, day in and day out. Uh, Of course, just a month later, we were in a lockdown where most people really did feel like it was Groundhog Day, which kind of makes that commercial in retrospect a little more powerful than it would have been without a pandemic. But the point is, is that people feel stuck in a rut. And the point of this ad is creating this emotional bond with the Jeep Rubicon to say, hey, this thing is different. And he, of course, gets in it after he steals the groundhog, and he goes on all sorts of adventures. Day after day after day, he's going on new adventures with his new best friend, the groundhog. And, of course, each adventure revolves around driving around in this new Jeep product. So what's really cool about this is the context of the world we're in. We're in this world where his day is exactly the same over and over and over again. And the message that's being conveyed is that if you buy a Jeep, Every day will be an adventure, and every day can be different. And I think that's a really good message to get in an ad. I mean, I personally am not a fan of Jeeps. I've never owned one. I probably never will own one, and that certainly didn't build my personal desire to own one. But I appreciated the marketing, and I appreciated the time and thought that went into it to really make that car a piece of the nostalgia of the original movie, because there was no Jeep in the original movie. He didn't drive off in a Jeep. He drove off in some old pickup truck. But he 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 recognized that there was this one thing that was different, one thing that stood out from everything else in his world, and it was this Jeep. And then from there, this Jeep gave him just an immense amount of joy day after day. He wakes up happy, jumping out of bed, and he can't wait to get back in his Jeep and live another adventure. And let's be realistic. That is really what we want from our favorite car, right? If you have a car that you've dreamed of your whole life or a sports car or anything like that, when you buy that, you're going to be in that car a lot. A lot of people drive their car every day. Some people are in their car for hours a day. Some people spend more time in their car than they spend in their home. I know I commuted for many, many years and I would put twenty to 30,000 miles a year on a car. So to me, a car was a very personal space and I did want a car that was reliable and a car that was nice. And my cars did bring me a new adventure every single day. So I think this was a really cool way to do the ad. And if we want to dig a little deeper into the characters, of, of course, uh, everyone in this commercial was the original cast. There were really only a few people that they showed. Bill Murray playing Phil Connors. You also have Brian Doyle Murray, which Bill Murray's brother who plays the mayor. So they both reprised their characters as the mayor and as Phil. Of course, you have Ned. We already mentioned that. He's the original character. And that's really the extent and of course the groundhog and then most of the commercial is just watching Bill Murray with the groundhog having all these wonderful adventures and of course the main subject is the Jeep itself so all in all a pretty cool ad Uh, it definitely brought me a lot of nostalgia uh, especially I think with the 
knowledge of Bill Murray being someone who's really difficult to get. There's all sorts of stories that have always circulated around Hollywood and the press about how he doesn't have a phone and he doesn't have internet and he doesn't let his agent give anyone his phone number. He doesn't even have an agent uh, and all this crazy stuff. So he only takes a role if he personally gets it. So giving that into consideration to reprising an old movie role and having this work out on Super Bowl Sunday, which happened to be on Groundhog's Day, that particular year of 2020, which I think hadn't happened for, I think I read 57 years ago was the last time there was a a Super Bowl on Groundhog's Day. So now, of course, I know it's Groundhog Day, Groundhog Day. I don't know why I keep calling it Groundhogs, Groundhogs, Groundhogs Day, it's Groundhog Day. I know this. It's weird when you're just talking to the microphone, looking into the camera. But yes, of course, Groundhog Day. So it's the first time in 50 years that we had this in Super Bowl Sunday on Groundhog Day. So was the ad successful? I don't know. Again, as I said in the front of this, uh, not knowing the metrics of what they wanted to get out of the ad, uh, whether it was impressions, awareness of the brand, awareness of that model, uh, it's really hard to know exactly what they were looking to achieve with the ad. But of course, it's a Super Bowl ad. They have a lot of money on the line when they make an ad like this. So now I want to talk about the second ad that came out in 2020. That was at Christmas time, and it was a Christmas vacation reboot for Ford. Now, the first problem I have with this ad is from what I've understand and what I read online, the Jeep ad was done very quickly in just a few weeks right before Super Bowl because they didn't think they could get Bill Murray. And then once they did get him at the last second, they didn't think they'd be able to get the rights for the music and all that stuff squared away in time. But they did, and they made a great ad. Now, with Ford, they are essentially making the exact same ad, taking a very popular movie uh, that caters to that generation, which would be your Generation X or your older millennials. That's really the target market here right? Because these are kind of sporty SUVs. Uh, The Jeep starts at about $45,000 and goes up to about $75,000. And that Mustang Mach-E is in a similar situation where you're in that $40,000 to $70,000 price point. So of course, they're trying to target uh, older people who are still young enough to want a fun, cool car, but that have the disposable income to afford a $50,000 vehicle. So it makes a lot of sense that they would use these movies as the nostalgic tools to bring that market out to purchase those cars. So now I want to dive into the Ford ad. The Ford ad opens up with the iconic scene from Christmas Vacation where Chevy Chase is plugging in the lights and asking everyone to come out to see the big show. And of course, in this ad, he is dressed up as he was. They're seemingly in the same house. It is a great recreation, just like they did in Groundhog Day. Production value was perfect. And you see Chevy Chase uh, about to plug in the lights. And he says, kids, come out, come out. Look what I did with the lights. And of course, his family comes out onto the lawn and he asks for the drum roll, which felt very uneventful. Uh, Now, I don't know if that was just bad acting or if maybe uh, we are in real time here and he has done this every year uh, for 20 plus years since the movie came out and now his family's sick of doing the drum roll. Uh, But it just didn't seem very exciting, kind of missed the mark from the original, in my opinion. Uh, Of course, he tries to plug in the lights and they don't work. Uh, His family who is there, uh, some of them were the original members that were in 
the cast, uh, and then there were some others that were not. So you've got some, uh, you've got most of the original cast members here outside in the yard. You've got a few, I, I believe it's a father-in-law that was not in the original movie. And of course, everyone is much older now, which in a way takes you out of that scene, because of course, in the original movie, these kids were very, very young, and now they are the millennials and the Gen Xers that are the target market of this car. But it changes the dynamic of this scene and this, this family structure. Unlike with the Groundhog Day commercial, uh, all of those actors were the same. And even though they were a little bit older, they were all a little bit older and they all kind of kept the same look, feel and vibe. In this case, uh, everyone looked a lot older and there were no kids. The kids weren't kids anymore. So it just changed things a little bit. Now, upon realizing that the lights didn't work, Beverly D'Angelo, the character who plays his wife in the original movie and now is reprised for this role, uh, says, I'm going to go check on the turkey. And she scoots off to the garage. Uh, kind of an odd line. I'm not sure why she didn't just say I can go check something. Uh, I wasn't sure if she was really checking on the turkey. Uh, in the original movie, she accidentally figured out how to turn on the lights because she went in the basement to find something that she needed for the kitchen and voila, realized that the light switch was off. Uh, but in this scene, she seems to go directly into the garage. She turns on some light switch. It's not really clear what this switch is, but nothing happens. And then lifts the heavy case cable off of the Ford electric charger to drag it out to the driveway. Uh, and of course, as she plugs that cord into the Ford Mach-E, like magic, Clark puts the plugs together and boom, all of the Christmas lights come on. But the catch here is that now that everything is well lit, the entire family is ignoring this incredible Christmas spectacular and they're all drawn to the new Ford Mustang Mach-E. Except if you haven't seen this ad and you're not familiar with the latest Ford cars, the Ford Mustang Mach-E has nothing to do with the Ford Mustang. So there's a lot of layers here that frustrate, frustrate me about this commercial. Uh, the first thing that caught me the first time I watched it is, I would say, without a doubt, the worst part of an electric car. And the part that is most concerning for anyone thinking about buying a fully electric car is, of course, the fact that you have to plug it in. So you're showing the one feature, for lack of a better word, that everybody hates. Nobody wants to stretch an extension cord out their driveway uh, across the street to plug their car in. Now, obviously, you'll do it, and I'm not saying anything bad about electric cars. I would love to get a Tesla. It's one of my favorite cars. But the bottom line is that that idea of having to have a charging station and have to lug a heavy cable around if I'm a 70-year-old woman, uh, that doesn't seem like an alluring thing to highlight with this car. So to me, that was the first thing where I was like, what are they thinking showing this? Now, I understand what they were trying to show is that, yes, your electric car can be fed back into your house and actually power your house like a generator should you lose power. Uh, but in this case, there wasn't a power loss. There wasn't a storm. There was really no reason 
and I don't understand what links the car to the Christmas lights going on. She had already flipped the switch on. The lights were on in the garage. So when she flipped that switch, the lights should have came on. Now, I don't know if we were supposed to think that she was powering the house when she plugged in the car, or if it was a coincidence, she went to check on the turkey and decided she'd plug in the car, and right at that moment, the lights happened to come on because she had already turned the switch on. But like the fact that I have to sit here and think about all these things is what makes this ad so insanely crazy to me. Now, we'll be honest. Uh, when I look at this ad on YouTube, it does have tons of views. It's got thousands of comments saying, I love this ad. Thank God you brought this back. This is amazing. Uh, so again, this is my opinion uh, from a marketing professional's perspective. Uh, think of this like a case study for marketing and a case study for building a good ad. Uh, as I started this podcast with Don Draper from, of course, Mad Men, the character in Mad Men. He does a whole episode on creating an ad that creates nostalgia. And that's really what kept running in the back of my head is that most of the time, nostalgic ads are really difficult to pull off properly. Uh, it's just easy to try to be nostalgic without really connecting the point of what you're doing to the nostalgia that you're trying to create. Uh, and that's what I think really sets apart the Jeep ad from the Ford ad. Uh, now, again, I'm going to say it because I don't know what the results were, and I could be dead wrong. I mean, that commercial could have been a huge success, but my guess is that while it got tons of views and people loved the ad, most people probably will not remember that it was for a Mustang Mach-E. Uh, my guess is if I was to take a poll today, uh, almost a year after that ad was released, most people would remember the ad, but not remember what it's for. And I see that a lot, and I think that happens a lot, especially in Super Bowl ads. Uh, it, it felt like a, certainly in the late 90s, at the peak of the dot-com era, uh, I think marketers really went out of their way to make something that was shocking or catchy or grabbing of your attention, but put all their focus just into that. So they got it, they got the attention, and they got you to watch the ad, and you might have thought it was hysterical, you might have thought it was the best ad you ever saw, but you can't remember what the ad is for. Right off the top of my head, I can think of an ad that I've only seen during the Super Bowl, probably the last three or four years for an insurance company. I don't remember the name of the insurance company. I've never seen an ad, and I've never heard of this insurance company, but somehow they're pulling out the big bucks to spend all this money to do one ad a year on the Super Bowl. And I want to say it's been at least two or three years in a row I've seen it. And honestly, I, I just don't know the name of the company or I'd say it. But this is an example of where I'm wondering, like, what what are you thinking? Like why you're going to spend all this money, you'd be so much better off taking that money and having consistent ads over and over again. Geico can run an ad during the Super Bowl and it can be great, but Geico will also run ads on every channel, on every network, on every medium, on every venue over and over again all year long. And <clears throat> you may not remember the ad, but you always remember and everybody in this country, whether you drive a car or not, whether you watch TV or not, you're going to know that Geico can save you up to 15% on car insurance. It's a really stupid, simple line that has been repeated over and over and over and over again. Now, Mustang Mach-E, 
Now Mach-E, E kind of sounds electric, so I'm thinking, oh, cool, this is like, is this a new electric Mustang? It's probably going to compete with the Tesla Model S, something that goes zero to... No, this is like a family sedan. Uh, it looks like a Chevy Volt. It's a pretty ugly car, and it's just not special. It doesn't stand out, and I, I again, now you're doing this nostalgia thing, but the nostalgia does just doesn't really make sense in the context of this movie, of Christmas Vacation. Uh, what's happening? Why, you know, is this... Again, I'm not sure if this is supposed to be just a recreation and we ignore the original movie or this is a substitute scene or uh, obviously the kids are all older and you've got a father-in-law in there that wasn't there before. So we'll assume the time has passed, but he continues with this tradition because he's so stupid. He still hasn't figured out how to turn on the light switch for the Christmas lights. It just, it really doesn't make sense to me how... Christmas Vacation connects specifically to the Mach-E. And in a way, you could say the same thing about Jeep and Groundhog Day, because there was certainly nothing that linked those two things together in the original movie, but they use that as the tool to define and twist this whole scenario. So here he is back in Groundhog Day, which they make really clear, and now he's in this loop but it isn't the same, and he says it. The main character of the ad says it. Oh, this is new. This is something that was not here the last time I was stuck in this loop. And then, of course, drives the car round and round and round with the groundhog and has an amazing time. To me, that kind of makes sense. I see how those things connect. With the Ford Mach-E plugging in the car to turn the Christmas lights on, I just don't see how it makes sense or what the goal was. And the only thing I really got out of this was that, wow, yeah, if you get an electric car, you got to put a charger in your garage. If you don't park your car in the garage, you're going to have to lug this cable out. It's the last thing that Beverly D'Angelo at 70 years old probably wants to do is lugging a 40-pound charger cable through her garage outside because Clark has all of his Christmas decoration boxes filled up in the garage, so can't even drive the car into the garage. So this is, again, it's my personal opinion. Uh, what do you think? I mean, what do you think about this? You've got the Jeep ad. Uh, chances are, if you've seen Groundhog Day, you have seen Christmas Vacation. They both came out at a similar time. They're both targeting the same audience. They're both targeting the same income brackets. Uh, and they both advertised uh, on, you know, no, well, obviously, Jeep was a football ad for Groundhog Day that just ran that one time. I don't not sure they ran that ad after because again it wouldn't make a lot of sense to run a, a Groundhog Day ad uh, in April. But uh, it, it was I, I I don't know what do you think was it effective was it cool I mean I did love I mean don't get me wrong I love Christmas Vacation it's one of my favorite movies Groundhog Day is one of my favorite they're both in my top ten favorite movies so I love seeing these characters again don't get me wrong this is really fun and cool to see these iconic characters together again because they just played such a big part in childhood growing up watching those movies as a kid uh, I loved them and they they still make me laugh today but that Christmas vacation ad just made me cringe a lot uh, and I you know I guess I feel alone with this because the general consensus from the few things I see with YouTube comments and stuff like that and YouTube is usually the most brutal platform for honesty uh, but it just seems that they could have done a better job at reviving that role or a better job at somehow integrating that car into the story of the scene or the story of the commercial or somewhere that would make sense in context of the original movie, which I really think Ford failed to do on that ad. Of course, the second biggest thing is when you copy an ad like that, taking an iconic movie 
from 20 plus years ago, and it's already happened in February, and now less than a year later, another company is doing almost the exact same ad, except not as good, it also made it felt even cheaper. Would my opinion of the Christmas Vacation ad change had Jeep not done the Groundhog Day ad? Maybe. Maybe it would have. Maybe I would have appreciated that nostalgia and not felt like it was played out. Uh, but honestly, even just within a year, I was like, hey, come on, guys. Like, you're Ford. You can't come up with something original. Your idea for Christmas and, and releasing this new car that's supposed to be the future of your company is to copy what Jeep did 10 months ago. It just didn't make a lot of sense to me. But that's all I really want to talk about today. This is a little bit different of an episode than usual, but I, I think that one of the themes that comes up over and over again on this podcast that we've discussed, if you've been listening, is that idea of testing ads. Uh, to make an ad successful, you have to test it over and over and over and over and over and over again and keep changing variables and keep tweaking it and keep refining it until it's perfect. The problem is if you're a company like Jeep or Ford and you're doing a Super Bowl ad, you don't get that opportunity. Uh, you're really kind of starting from the ground up because you can't run the ad a million times because then everyone will have seen it already and it wouldn't be special on Super Bowl Sunday. I see the challenge presented in that. Uh, and I appreciate what goes into the creative of making a commercial that connects, that follows the creative brief set forth by the manufacturer, in this case, whether it be Chrysler or Ford. Uh, but I just think that the idea of using a late 80s, early 90s movie and recreating the scene for the sake of a commercial on Ford's part, 10 months after Jeep did it, was just lazy thinking. Uh, and again, in the absence of the Jeep ad... Maybe I would like it a little bit more. I'd certainly be a lot more excited about seeing those characters reunited, but I just, uh, I don't know, just didn't do it for me. And I have zero interest in buying a Ford electric car. Uh, I will say the new Ford truck looks pretty cool. Their F-150 electric truck. I, I just saw some stuff on that. It's pretty neat. You can check that out. Uh, but the to me, the Mustang looks a lot like a, like a Chevy Volt, which was always a car I thought looked pretty horrendous on the road. And uh I'm not sure why these companies, with all their resources and all their money, they can't can't really do what Tesla's done and just make an electric car that's sexy and desirable and something that's fast and and you know gets good range and is exciting to drive and is exciting to look at uh, and exciting to be in. And I I feel like uh, you know playing a nostalgic ad for a car that's just not doesn't hit the mark quite like it should. It should have been a Mustang. Make it a Mustang. If it was an electric Mustang and it was a sports car and you had some some way to connect speed or power or efficiency, but instead the only thing you go for is dragging out a heavy-duty 220-volt electrical cable to plug the car in. Uh, and boy, that just it's mind-blowing to me that people could have sat in a room and said, yeah, that's, that's, that's a good idea. Let, let, let's do that. So let me know what you think. Uh, shoot me an email, justin at marketingandservice.com. That's J-U-S-T-I-N at marketingandservice.com. Of course, check the website, marketingandservice.com. If you like this podcast, uh, please subscribe, like it, follow whatever platform you're listening on. Uh, and if you really enjoy it, leave a review and make sure to check out the Marketing and Service Facebook page. I always want to hear from you what's going on. What would you like to hear about in the future? I know most of these are all about customer service and building those customer relationships. But I do think advertising is a big component in 
that customer relationship uh, because an ad needs to be entertaining. It needs to be uh, needs to grab the attention of a viewer. It needs to create the awareness. It also has to be truthful and it has to highlight the benefits uh, from an emotional level, from a level that's going to really show how your product or service is going to help someone in their life. Uh, we don't need a list of specifications. We just want to know how will this thing make our lives better. That Jeep looks fun as hell, and I know if I buy one now, this commercial is promising that I'm going to have an adventure every single day. The Ford Mustang Mach-E, if I'm, a, uh, if I'm an idiot... With my Christmas lights, then maybe that's the car I should be sitting in in my driveway. Uh, but just fell flat for me. So let me know what you think. Let me know what you think of the ads. Let me know what you think of this episode. Do you kind of like this case study of a of a commercial? Uh, it I ask because it's something I'm considering maybe every couple months do a little case study of a, of a national ad campaign, or maybe it should just be its own thing. But let me know what you think. Justin at marketingandservice.com. Thanks so much for watching. Thanks so much for listening. If you're listening, make sure to check out YouTube for the video from this. Uh, and if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to check out the podcast because there's a lot of podcasts that don't have a video component. Thanks so much for listening. I'll catch you on the next one. Have a great day. Bye.